and I don't love her because she loves to chill at the house like me. You know, we're both homebodies, and those are all good things about her, but I don't love her because of that. I love her simply because she's my daughter, and therefore I know that she's going to mess up. I know she's gonna make mistakes, but this type of love, this type of care is unconditional. Welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast, the show designed to empower, educate, and encourage you to stay focused and committed to your mission. I'm your host, AC Cristales. Let's get ready to roll. Y'all want unconditional love. Talking about the stuff that don't wear off, it don't fade. Now it lasts for all these crazy days, these crazy nights. Whether you're wrong or you're right, a mama can still love you, still feel you. Can listen to my truest thoughts, my truest feelings. Welcome back to the Mission Driven Podcast. I'm your host, AC Cristales. And as you can hear from the beginning of episode five, I'm on my Tupac vibe. Man, I'm finally recording this episode. Like I said on episode four, my goal was to record this particular episode in Panama. And not because there was something special about being in Panama, although my time in Panama was great. Okay, don't get it twisted. But rather because I want to create consistency with this podcast because I believe that the key in being successful at whatever we decide to do or we decide to pursue lies not in what we say we're going to do or even in what we do once in a while. What really makes a difference in our business endeavor or our fitness journey or our relationship is what we do on a consistent basis. That is exactly the reason why my goal is to release a podcast every week, particularly on Mondays. But being out of town for the past two weeks and along with other responsibilities that some were foreseen and some were unforeseen because that's life, all of that has really thrown a wrench in my plans. But regardless, I am here, okay? I've shown up. There have been challenges along the way, challenges in these last couple of days, couple of weeks, but I'm still here. In fact, there's even been doubts clouding my mind. You know, I, I have to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm, I wonder like, yo, is this really making a difference? And what's, what's crazy about that is that I've received messages from people who have said, you know, um, particular episodes, specific episodes have helped them out and, and just encouraged them, you know, wherever that in their journey. And I'm thankful for that. But I'm not going to lie to you. There's still times where I'm like, man, you know, should I really be doing this? You know, I have so much on my plate. And yet here I am dedicating, you know, hours, you know, to not only preparing the episode, but actually recording it and then mixing it and editing it and just making sure that it's out there. And again, that it's quality, you know, because, again, I don't believe in just putting anything out there. And so I want to make sure that that what I do is, is, is making an impact and having an impact. And again, I'm not, you know. I'm not downplaying the messages that I've received. In fact, I'm super thankful for that. Like I've told several of you people who have told me and messaged me, you know, that that just adds fuel to my fire, you know, fuel to my fire to keep going. So regardless of that, like I said, I've shown up because, look, uh, I truly believe that in success in whatever manner that we choose to measure it will not come easily. So however you want to you know, measure success. Just know that it's not going to come easily. Sometimes you just have to make yourself show up and know that you are meant to be there. You're meant to be wherever it is that you had to go, whatever it is that you made it in your mind to be there. So I know that I am meant to be here right now, right 
in this office, you know, recording this podcast, I know that I'm meant to be here and I know that I'm meant to get something from this experience. And so you have to know the same thing. You have to know that success sometimes is just making sure that you show up. So you making sure that you show up so that you know that you're meant to get something from that experience and that you're meant to leave a mark in the lives of those people that you're serving by the things that you actually do. So again, I'm here and let's go ahead and jump into the pod. About two Fridays ago on September the 13th, that day marked the 23rd anniversary of the death of Tupac Shakur, who I believe is the greatest rapper to have ever lived. Now, I know some hip hop heads listening will say, AC, you're crazy. Come on, man. You know, it's Biggie. You know, it's Rakim. You know, it's Jay-Z. Or maybe someone out there is saying, come on, you know, it's Nas. You know, that's the person that holds the greatest rapper of all time title. But for me, it's Pac all day, every day. In fact, this past weekend in San Diego, my boys and I, we had a similar conversation. We were, you know, just hanging out and we were talking about, well, who's who's the top five, you know, top five rappers in our list, right? And again, for me, Pac was number one. Now, don't get me wrong, all right? I like those other rappers, but there was something different about Tupac that did it for me. Now, this episode is not about debating who the greatest rapper ever was or or even to list all the reasons why I believe Tupac was the greatest ever, all right? This, this episode is not that. Now, this podcast is to highlight how I've connected to my life, a few lyrics from a specific song that Tupac wrote, and how it has helped me, continues to help me, and can hopefully help you too as you continue going after your dreams and crushing your goals, which basically means you're living your life committed to your mission. Now, look, I have to say, choosing one Tupac song is not easy, all right? It wasn't easy because he recorded over 500 songs, all right? Let me say that again. He recorded over 500 songs. So truth be told, if for the next year or two I wanted to, I could do a podcast simply based on some of Tupac's lyrics and how I connect them to empowerment, to leadership, and even to education. Because this guy simply had so much knowledge and was wise behind his years. I mean, that's how dope he was, all right? And dope, dope means good, by the way, all right? Don't get that twisted. Dope means good, by the way. So as I was preparing for this podcast, I was re rewatching some of old interviews of Tupac on YouTube and... I don't know if you can relate to this. Maybe you can. Uh, I'm sure you can. But let me ask you this. How many of you scroll down to read the comments as you're watching or listening to a video? And it doesn't even have to be on YouTube. It can be on Instagram, Twitter, or, or Facebook. You know, I asked my college students this last week. You know, we were talking about distinguishing between sociological research and public opinion. And if you like to read the comment sections like I do... <laughs> What you'll get 90% of the time in those comment sections is public opinion. And I guess we all do that because we're all curious. At least I'm curious. You know, I guess that's just a nicer way to say nosy. But sometimes I just want to know people's thoughts. And, and maybe you're just like me. Maybe you just want to see if, if your opinions, you know, I know I want to see if my opinions line up with those of others. Okay. Or maybe it's just, I want to, I want to know that that their opinions match up with mine because it, it serves as some sort of validation or perhaps maybe I just want to know if my thoughts are like polar opposite to what others are thinking. But anyways, I was, I was watching this particular interview and here's the reason why I was talking about reading comments. Okay. I was watching this particular Tupac interview and I read a comment that stated, listen to him speak and listen to his wisdom at 23 years old. Name me a rapper today who speaks this way. You can't find one. And when I read that, I was like, yo, that's that's right. This this guy's on point, because seriously, find me a 23 year old rapper today who speaks with the same intensity and knowledge that Tupac had. You can't. 
And perhaps maybe you're like listening to this podcast right now. We're a couple of minutes in and you're thinking, AC, really? Tupac, empowerment, leadership? Really? Come on, man. Like, I understand you did Rocky and it's cool because Sylvester Stallone, dude, was an underdog. And, you know, he's a rags to riches type story. But Tupac, Tupac was a thug. Tupac was a criminal. Tupac was locked up. Tupac rapped about drugs. And to paraphrase an intro from one of his songs, you know, To Live and Die in L.A., he talked about killing people and having sex with another rapper's wife, but not in those words. I mean, seriously, Tupac, I get it. Okay, trust me, I get it. It's easy to see and know those things about Tupac and come to a conclusion that he wasn't a model citizen and therefore his material probably shouldn't be an example in a personal development motivational podcast. But I beg to differ. I think he's a perfect example because he was a man with many legacies. Now to some, he was just a thug. To others, he was the greatest rapper alive. To some, he was a menace to society. To others, he was a hope to a lost generation. To some, he was crazy. But to others, he was revolutionary. One man, many legacies. And if you really think about it, we're the same. We're one man, many legacies. Or for my female listeners, one woman, many legacies. You see, I can admit that I know that to some, me, AC Cristales, to some, I'm a failure. I'm the guy that went through a divorce. I'm the guy who left his principal career right before his apex mountain. And now, sporadically, all right, listen to that keyword, sporadically speaks from time to time. But he's still not Ron Clark. AC's still not Tony Robbins. He's not Inky Johnson. I mean, seriously, how many followers does he have on social media? 500? I mean, come on. He's some big speaker. I mean, look at Jay Shetty. He's got a million followers. And I know that some probably think AC is a bad educator. All he does or he did was suspend kids. You know, all he does is give out suspensions like Oprah gives out cars, right? Or AC, he's a mean dad. Did you hear that episode? How he got upset at his daughter when she was in second grade because she forgot her soccer shoes? I bet he does that all the time. The list could go on and on because here's the truth. When someone is determined to find something wrong about you, they're going to find it. When someone wants to solely focus on one thing about your life and call you out on it, guess what? They're going to do it. There will always be people who will work their hardest to find something wrong about or with you. And when they do it, they will find something because guess what? We all have something wrong about us. Within us, there's this flesh nature that won't always do the right thing, won't always say the right thing, and will make mistakes. So yeah, to some I'm all of the above and then some. All right. And by the way, I kept the descriptions PG. All right. <laughs> but to others, I'm a success. To others, I'm a great father. To others, I'm one of the best speakers they've ever heard. And guess what? I know that all the aforementioned opinions are subjective. And what I mean by that is that those opinions are dependent on the subject who has that specific feeling or opinion about me. And therefore, they're relative to what that person knows about me or has heard about me or even has seen out of me. And that's why I've always carried this belief, especially knowing that there are people who don't like me, which is fine. I understand that people, uh, you know, they're going to people can hate me all they want. Right. People are not going to always like me. But to those who who have hated me or who do hate me, I've always said this. Know my full story first. And I'm not saying that people are going to like me afterward. But there will be some sort of respect, you know, 
either for me or at least some respect of who I am in spite of all I've been through. Because, man, if they knew the journey I'd been through, then they know that, look, I was raised in a home where I witnessed my dad physically hit my mom in front of me. Not one time, not two times, but numerous times. I was raised in a home where memories of my father, him showing up to the house, drugged out of his mind. There wasn't any quality time between a son and his father. And yet, in spite of this and a lot more, I didn't lose my mind. Came close many times, didn't want to live a couple of times, but I made it. And I'm still standing and I'm still here. And I've always said if people can't respect that, well, guess what? I have to echo what Jay-Z said one time. Their perspective is whack. Because knowing my story isn't about wanting people to like me. It's simply about them knowing that there is more than what they see. There's this full story out there. So before they rush to judgment, they need to understand who I really am. And some people will understand it and some people won't. Because I know this, people will believe whatever they want to believe. Some people base their thoughts on what they see. Okay, so you have to understand that people will base their thoughts about you on what they see. And what they see is what you allow them to see. Now, let me break down some sociology for you, okay? Let me just say that again. What people see is what you allow them to see. In sociology, that's called front stage behavior. Front stage behavior is what we want and allow the audience to see in our daily performance. Because as Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and we're simply players in it. And this theoretical perspective in sociology about front stage behavior shares similar thoughts. Our life is a daily performance. And on our daily performance, we have an audience and that audience are our co-workers, our family members, people at church, at school, people at a restaurant, etc. And so we act accordingly. All right. Because, again, life is a daily performance. But just like there's front stage behavior, there's also backstage behavior. But with backstage behavior, only a few chosen people ever get to see that behavior. And a majority of the time, our backstage behavior differs from our front stage behavior. Because if you think about it, there are some people who shouldn't know all the details of our life. Right. Or rather, we can choose to reserve special and intimate details to only a select few. And I could go on and on talking about front stage and backstage performance. I mean, I am a sociologist, right? But the point for why I'm sharing this concept is simply this. People will define your legacy on what they can see and on who you are in society by the actions that you display in front of them at work, at home, and now even on social media. So life is a performance. And since we know that people are going to see us every day, most of us choose to show the world our very best. It's no wonder then that we're conscientious about how we act, what we say and how we say it. Also about what we wear, where we hang out, and even what we post on social media because people nowadays, they will dissect the post like it's a biology assignment. And whether what we show people is real or not, people will draw conclusions on what they see from us or even hear about us. And I think that's where we are with Tupac. If you judge his life on what you saw from a video, you know, for example, let's say you get on YouTube and you put Tupac in the first video that pops up is a video of him going to jail that you're going to think, man, this guy's strictly a criminal. Or if you judge him based on a song you listen to. So let's say, you know, you get in a car and somebody puts in a, you know, I was going to say CD, like people don't even have CD players anymore. But anyways, you get in the song and, and people start, you know, get on Spotify or iTunes and all of a sudden they hear hit him up, right? Where, where Tupac verbally annihilated Biggie Smalls, right? He annihilated bad boy. And anybody else who wanted to be down with Bad Boy too, you listen to the lyrics in those songs and you may think, dang, man, Pac is, 
He's a crazy, some crazy thug, right? But Pac was more than that. See, if you dig deep, you'll find out he was so much more. I had a prophecy about my death. That's why I like to go in the studio and do three songs a day, get things ready. We don't have time or the luxury to spend all of this time doing one song. We don't have it. If I die or whatever, it can happen. If anything would have happened to me, the album was ready to go. So it's all good. I felt as though the only thing that can kill me is death. And even then, my music can live forever. Pac was a worker, no doubt. I mean, this guy recorded a double disc album. All right, his double disc album, as soon as he was released from jail, All Eyes On Me, he recorded it in two weeks. 27 songs, and I'm sure there were more songs that were never released he recorded in two weeks. Talking about a mad work ethic. And here's why that's important. I mean, if you want to take something from that, understand this, that you're not going to get in life what you wish for. You're going to get in life what you work for. Okay, you're going to have to understand that work wins, baby. You get in life not what you wish for, but what you work for. And so even knowing that about Tupac, knowing that when he died, he recorded over 500 songs. You have to know that Tupac was more than just the songs that he left the world which still to this day are being listened to and they're still impacting people's life. But Pac was more than that. I think Pac was a gift to our world. And the reason I think that is because I was reading this article in, in a Vanity Fair article, all right? So in 1997, there was a Vanity Fair article that had an interview with his mom. So his mom, Afini Shakur, talked about that, talked about, about their heritage, right? So Tupac's heritage, you know, he, her great-grandmother was a slave, you know, and her grandmother was a sharecropper and her mother was a domestic servant. And Afini, Tupac's mom, was a lady who actually gave birth to Tupac while she was incarcerated. And yet, knowing that heritage, knowing that background, you know what she said about Tupac? That he was a gift. That he was a child that changed things for the whole family. A gift. And what's crazy, if you read in that article too, you're going to find what I said a couple of minutes ago. He was one man with many legacies because in that same article, the author talked about how some described Tupac as a prophet and others called him a menace. And truth be told, he was both. And the negative stuff about him, guess what? That's easy to find because people will always find flaws in you before they find flaws in themselves. You know, there are people out there who will pride themselves on perfecting others but they themselves aren't even perfect. So yeah, you're going to find stories, clips of Tupac acting crazy, going to jail, spitting at a camera, you know, but you won't always find stories like the following. And that's what I loved about this article because this article showed a complete picture or as much of a complete picture as he, as the author could get on Tupac. And so in this article, it talked about how Tupac, memorialized a six-year-old boy who had been killed in one of his songs. It also talked about school visits that Tupac did in California and how a teacher aide was startled when she saw tears rolling down Tupac's cheeks as school children were reading their schoolwork to him. It also mentioned the time the parents of a dying boy wrote to Tupac saying that it was their son, Joshua, that was his name, Joshua, it was their son's wish, last wish, to meet him. 
And guess what Tupac did? He flew bedside to meet Joshua. And he ordered no press. He didn't want any press there. He didn't want any news coverage. And there wasn't any. And there wasn't any coverage about this boy and what Tupac did after this boy was buried. And what he did was he renamed this publishing company Joshua's Dream. And there's more. Right before he died, Tupac was working on financing an at-risk youth center. He was setting up an 800 number that would allow kids to call him whenever they had a problem. He was looking after two children who'd been orphaned in a drug killing. He was taking the stepdaughter of a murdered friend to her high school prom. And he was even drawing up plans to reform the education system. That was Tupac. And again, how many people really know that about him? Not many, you know? I mean, if, if you're a Tupac fanatic like me, you may know that. But how many people really know that as much as people saw and a lot of what they saw was bad. There was also a lot of good in him. And if I was to describe Tupac, you know, if we were having a philosophical conversation, right? Not just a conversation about who was the greatest rapper. If we were having a philosophical conversation about Tupac, I would say, man, he was a, he was a troubled young man who as much as he wanted to help young people was dissuaded by the wrong people. Because look, you can have a mission and a vision for your life but if the people around you aren't helping you with your goals, you're going to have a tough time achieving them. It's so important to know who's around you. It's so important to know that the people that you allow in your life have such a strong influence on you. In fact, I want you to know that people will either add to your life. Okay. They're either going to add value to your life or they're going to subtract worth from your life. All right. Let me say that again. People will either add value to your life or they will subtract worth from your life. Okay, because you have to know that people who truly care about you will want to see the best in you. They'll want to help bring out the best out of you. But there are also those people who simply want to subtract your worth from you so that you doubt yourself, so that you doubt whether you're good enough and you question whether you can be more than what you know or more than what you see. And guess what? You choose the people who are part of your life. That's the beautiful thing that I love when I speak. That's the beautiful thing that I love when I teach is that, look, check this out. There's all these theories. There's all these, you know, uh, educational guesses about why people turn out a certain way. But at the end of the day, guess what? We have the power to choose and we can choose the people who are a part of our life. And that's the thing with Tupac. Dude had a mission. Dude had a vision. He wanted to impact people of color. He wanted to help out, you know, minorities because he saw he, he spoke he spoke truth about what was going on in the neighborhoods and he wanted to bring positive change and he wanted to bring change period because he didn't want young african-american males being treated the way that they were being treated and what's crazy is that this was back in the 90s and here we are about to enter 2020 all right about to be 2020 and yet we're still facing some of those same battles you know young men of color are still having to live in fear of being mistreated by law enforcement. And so, yeah, I can say Tupac was revolutionary and I can say that Tupac was gangster. And in the end, somebody had to win out. Now I know how the story ends and I'm sure maybe you know how the story ends as well. And so I can say that Tupac was also a tragic figure. A tragic figure because the thug won out. The gangster won out.
Just after the Mike Tyson-Bruce Selden fight, Jacor, along with record company executive Marion Suge Knight, headed for a nightclub. But while stopping at this intersection, a car with four people pulled up and opened fire on Jacor and Knight. Tupac Shakur was shot several times in the chest. The driver, his record producer, was grazed in the head. He's returned to the intensive care unit tonight after another surgery, still listed in critical condition. All week long, fans of Tupac have gathered here outside the hospital. He's undergone two operations since coming here. He's had his right lung removed. He is intermittently conscious. Jesse Jackson's been here. Family continues to keep vigil. And despite early reports that his wounds were not life-threatening, people at the hospital here continue to tell us that he is in very serious condition. At 4.03 this afternoon, Tupac Shakur was pronounced dead. At 25 years old, the world lost Tupac. And to this day, I sometimes ask myself, what would Pac be doing right now? How would he be positively impacting our world, our community? How would he be helping out the people of color, minority groups? Because, man, that's what he really wanted to do. In fact, in his song, Unconditional Love, he rapped these lyrics. Pac was more than just a rap musician. I mean, you just heard it in that song. He talked, he was more than a rap musician. So he was more than what we saw in a music video. He was more than what we saw in a news segment. He was more than what we read about in a magazine article. He was eternally on a mission, all right? And it wasn't just about money. And yeah, I know he rapped about that. He rapped about having money, but there was more, all right? He wanted to help young people who grew up in similar situations like he did, you know, with no father. He had a mother who was on drugs. He grew up poor, but he wanted them to know that there was hope. That even though the government or the people in power may not have done much for people who were minorities, but that there is still hope. He wanted to let them know that they could rise, that they could be somebody, that they could use their gifts to make something out of their lives. And again, find me a rapper who talks like that now. And maybe you can, or maybe you can't. And if you can't, let me tell you why you can't. It's because people nowadays define themselves simply by the one thing that they do. But Pac was more than just a rapper, more than just a rap musician. He was a world changer. What about you? How do you define yourself? By your title? So what, you're a nurse? You're a teacher? You're a principal? You're a manager of a bank? You're a football player? That's what you are, but does that completely define you? And what I mean by that is this. Are you basing your purpose on earth solely on what your title is? Because if you are, you're selling yourself short because I believe that there is so much more to you than just your title. In fact, you are more than just your job. You have to know that. And here's why I believe you should know that. If you were to ever leave or lose your job, guess what? The company's not going to shut down. The school will keep going. The bank is still going to be open and someone else is going to come and do your job. So it's really not about what you do or what career you have. It's about how you do your job. It's about how you take advantage of the opportunity that you're given and what you do with the platform that you've been given. Because look, we are expendable in our job positions, but we're indispensable in our purpose. And here's how I know this. When I walked away from being an assistant principal, I realized three things. 
three things about leadership. Number one is when you can no longer do anything for the people that you lead or the people that you led, you're useless to them. That's just bottom line. When you can't, when you can no longer do anything for the people that you led, bye. They don't need you anymore. You're useless to them. Okay, so that's just the reality. Number two, the show goes on and somebody else comes in and does your job. But three, three is the most important thing I learned. That it's how you do your job that counts. Yeah, you're going to be replaced, but will you be revered when you're gone? Yeah, you may be forgotten about some, but when you give it your all, when you do your job well, you do it with excellence, you're going to be remembered by others. So how do you do your job? Day in, day out. How do you manage the responsibility that you've been given? How do you parent? How do you teach? How do you lead? I mean, I want you to think about these things, okay? Because I want you to think that you're more than just the role that you're playing. All right, so let me, let's go back to that front stage behavior, right? So you have the role of a father. You have the role of a husband. You have the role of a wife. You have the role of a principal. You have the role of a teacher. But how do you do your job? It's important that you know the answers to these questions because honest introspection is what allows you to see your strengths and weaknesses. And once you know your strengths and weaknesses, that's when you can grow. That's when you can adapt and that's when you can make changes to your life. But the sad reality is that many people, guess what? They allow themselves to be confined to what others say their role should be. And what I mean by this is that let's, let's say you're a leader, right? So let's say you're a leader of a company. Guess what? You're going to have people that are going to say, hey, I need you to lead like this. You're going to have people who are going to say, hey, I need you to do this. You're going to have people who are going to say, no, I need you to do that. You're going to have people who are going to say, no, you know what? That's too much. Now, I'm not saying, you know, hearing device is bad. I'm simply saying that sometimes there's so much noise from people who aren't even on the same wavelengths as you are that you allow yourselves to shrink to their expectations. So I want to tell you something. If you know what you want to do, then go and do it. If you want to go above and beyond at your job, then do it. Don't be held back by people who think low. Don't be held back by people who, who just want to be comfortable and just want to be average. I mean, if you want to do something great and you want to do it with excellence, then do it. It's doing the things that others won't do that will get you to places that others won't get to. That is what will create an impact and a legacy that others won't have. And that is what happens because you have committed yourself to doing more. And you don't do it for the accolades. You don't do it for the applause. You don't do it for the praise. You simply do it because it's part of your purpose. Now, I have to tell you this, all right? Because this, man, when this happened, I'm like, okay, this, this, man, this, this aligns with everything I'm trying to share in this podcast. About two weeks ago, I received a message on Instagram from a former student. And um, what she said in her message was that I was her role model. She said that I inspired her to keep going and never give up. And then she said that she wanted to be a teacher so she could help others the way I helped her. Now, as I read those words, I was grateful because that's why I do what I do. That's what that's why I did what I did as an assistant principal. Okay, that's why I became an assistant principal because I wanted to help students out. But also I started thinking, man, how how did I inspire her? Because I, you know, I, I know who she is, but I don't really remember having, you know, like daily conversations with her. I don't remember sitting down for like hours and just, you know, talking to her and helping her. I, I don't remember that. And in fact, I, I can be honest with you and tell you, I, I didn't do that. Okay. So I was thinking, how, how did I inspire her? What, what was it that I did? Okay. Because again, I didn't really say much to her. 
And, and the reason for that, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, sometimes, you know, the majority, if you've, if you've ever worked in a middle school, you know this. If you've ever been a middle school assistant principal, you know that a lot of your time is just, you know, discipline, right? <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, there's kids, the kids that I talked to are normally the kids who are getting in trouble. And so I was thinking, how, how, what did I do? Okay, because I don't always get a chance to talk to all the students, especially being in a school. I was in a school where there were over 1,200 students. So what was it that I did? But then I realized it wasn't so much that I was her assistant principal that inspired her. It was more about how I went about my business. It was more about how I did it. And therefore, I started thinking, okay, it was about maximizing the interactions I had. So maybe there was a time where you know, I smiled at her, you know, and asked her how her day went. And again, it didn't have to be an hour conversation. Maybe it was a 30 second talk that impacted her. A smile. Asking how she her day went. Asking about the little things in her life. It was about things that people will never see on a resume. Things that will never get posted on Instagram. Because maybe you're like me. I don't believe every waking moment of my day should be posted on social media. It was about things that people will never have pictures to show because it's not about showing people what I did. It was about simply going in and doing my job, but doing it with excellence and going above and beyond because it's my purpose. My title was assistant principal, but my purpose was to make an impact. So think about your job. Think about your title. Father. Okay, you're a father, but what kind of impact are you having with your children? Okay, you're a manager, but how are you leading those that follow you? So I want you to know that it's about the moments, the quality of the moments that will make a difference. There are moments that the majority of people will never know about, but that are still significant between you and that person that you're helping or that person that you're serving or that person that you're giving guidance to because it's going to impact them just like I impacted her. There was something, something that happened, you know, while I was at that school that impacted her in a way that now, guess what? She found her purpose in teaching. Because you see, I was more than just a principal. To some, I was a friend. To others, I was a father figure. Because it's not about your job. It's about how you do your job. It's not about position. It's about purpose. And it's also about your platform. And what is your platform? Your platform are the people you lead, your employees, your staff, your students, your parents, the people you're responsible for, your followers, basically anyone who you have influence over. That's your platform. So my question to you is, how are you influenced the people who follow you? What separates you apart from every other person that's doing what you're doing? I want you to forget about the numbers too, because it's not about numbers, because if you're doing things simply for a follow, you're not going to last because the world is flooded with millions of people out there who have ideas and guess what? Human nature is to gravitate to what's popular now. So guess what? This person could be hot right now, but six months from now, forgotten. And if you're doing it for that, you're going to lose because it shouldn't be about followers. It should be about impact. And again, platform, it's not about popularity. It's about mission. So I want you to ask yourself, what is it that you want to accomplish? What is it that you want to accomplish with the platform that you have? You know, within the past year or two, 
LeBron James has prided himself on saying that he is more than just an athlete. And I like that because I hope that shows other athletes what they can do with the platform that they have. Now, what I love even more about LeBron, and, and trust me, I'm not a LeBron guy, okay? I'm a Michael Jordan guy all the way. But what I love about LeBron with regard to his, he is more than just an athlete, is this, that he didn't just say that. He showed it. He showed it by opening up a school in the same city he grew up in. Now, understand, there's not a manual that says that as an NBA player, you have to open up a school in the same city you were raised in. But LeBron did it because it's part of his mission. It's part of his purpose. He's more than just an athlete. So I want to tell you, you're more than just a police officer. You're more than just an insurance salesman. You're more than just a student. I want you to stop overlooking the many parts of your identity that can better serve to define you. And that's what we do sometimes. We overlook the parts of our identity that can better serve in defining us. So I want you to think about this. Are you a parent? And if so, how do you parent? Are you a son or daughter? And if so, how do you honor your mom and your dad? What type of friend are you? I want you to think about your hobbies. I want you to think about your talents, your gifts. Are you part of a church? Are you involved in a community group? Think about all the things that encapsulate who you are. And I want you to define yourself by that. Look, I have to tell you, as a speaker, I sometimes get upset, okay? I get upset because people will want to limit me as just a speaker for young people. You know, like, oh, okay, he's just great for young people. Nah, man, I'm great for everybody. <laughs> you know, I just, I have that mentality. I'm great for everybody. You know, I believe I have the gift of communication. I believe that you can put me in front of any audience and that I'm going to do a great job. I'm going to inspire somebody. All right. So I don't, I don't want to be limited just to young people. All right. And I'm more than that. Or sometimes they'll say, okay, he's just a speaker for Hispanic people. And again, I'm more than that as well. Don't limit me. All right. I know myself and check this out. And just like I know myself and I know my strengths, I also know the mistakes I've made. I also know the failures that I've had. And maybe you're thinking, yo, why are you bringing up your failures? Why are you bringing up your mistakes? Here's why. It's because I know that there are people listening right now who are defining themselves in a negative way because that's all they've heard from others or that's all they're focusing on. So maybe... That's you. You've heard how you're not good enough. You've heard how you're never going to amount too much. You've heard how you just need to stick with that job that you're doing because guess what? It pays the bills, so just stick with it. You've heard how you shouldn't dream that big. You've heard how it's stupid to think that good things can ever happen to you. You've heard that your life is forever marked by your past mistakes. But can I tell you something? You are not your mistakes. You are not your failures. You are not worthless. Yeah, you may have failed, but that doesn't define you. Yeah, you made a mistake, but that doesn't have to mark you for a lifetime. Stop thinking these things simply because someone said that to you and made you feel that, hey, guess what? This is your mistake. This is your failure. Guess what? That's who you are. The reality is that's not who you are. You're more than that. You're more than the negative perception you have about yourself. I understand. I understand the truth that there are some people right now who are listening. And guess what? There are people in your life who see good things in you that you don't even see in yourself. And they'll even tell you that. And you still won't believe it. Because you just have this negative cloud on you. You have this negative perception about you. And all you see are your failures. All you see are your mistakes. But there is so much more than that to you. 
And that's what I want you to see. And I want you to ask yourself this, how would my life be different if I knew it was more than whatever it is I'm defining my life on? I am more than my father's absence. I told you that at the beginning. I told you that's part of my journey. 37 years old. And yet, I know that I grew up without a father. And if you're thinking, well, why is that affecting you so much? Or why does that still affect you? And it doesn't affect me in the way that it affected me when I was 15 years old, but it's still a part of me. And I know that if I allow it to be, I can let that be a crutch in my life, but I'm not because I know that I'm more than that. What about you? Are you more than your father's absence? Maybe your father wasn't a part of your life. Are you more than that? You are. You're more than the lack of love that you're receiving from that person that you're with. Just because that person's not expressing love to you, just because that person's not telling you the things that you want to hear, the things that you need to hear, that doesn't mean that you're worthless. You're more than the pain that you've experienced. You went through an unexpected loss you never saw your life turning out that way. And yet, I want to let you know that you're more than that. I'm not downplaying that. I mean, there's things in life that happens that we don't always plan for. But just because we went through that, that doesn't have to define our life forever. And again, I'm not denying the pain from those experiences. I'm simply saying that our life still has purpose in spite of those things. You still have purpose. And as long as you're alive and breathing, the legacy that you leave is entirely up to you. Now, before Tupac died, many of his closest friends talked about how he was tired of portraying a gangster. In that article, it talked about how Tupac was ready to get out. And sadly, he was never able to. My caution to you is to not allow days to go by living a life you don't love. You don't like the story of your life? End the chapter. Turn the page and start writing a new chapter. Stop being led by your hurtful past and start being driven by your life's mission. That's it for this episode of the Mission Driven Podcast. Listen, if there's something within this episode that resonated with you, please post it on social media to spread the message to your family and friends and also tag me on the post, okay? I want to create a virtual community where we encourage each other to live out our mission and accomplish our goals and dreams. So if you're not following me on social media, you can find me at AC Cristales on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Mission Driven Podcast with AC Cristales. Be sure to follow me on social media and don't forget to subscribe to the show that is now available on iTunes. And also, don't forget to leave a rating and review. As always, the mission continues, so remain mission driven. Till next time, faith, hope, love.